You're listening to the Employee Safety Podcast from Alert Media, a podcast for professionals responsible for the safety and well-being of their employees. Each episode features an interview with a leader in employee safety to discuss how to protect your employees from a wide array of threats, from severe weather to a global pandemic. Let's get into the show. Welcome back to the Employee Safety Podcast. I'm Peter Steinfeld. I invited Michael Teep to the show today to talk about how to be a great safety leader in today's hybrid workforce. Michael's the owner and a lead training consultant of Teep Training International, also known as TTI. The company offers training consultation, design, and delivery services on a global scale to companies looking to magnify human capital and exceed business targets. Michael's consulting work spans all industries and includes some of the largest companies in the world, including Morgan Stanley, the United Nations, Johnson & Johnson, and Citigroup. I wanted to get his perspective on how organizations are adapting after two years of uncertainty. Let's get into the show. Well, what inspired you to get into this line of work and start your own company? Oh, well, how long have you got, Peter? Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's, and I've been, I kind of fell into this work way, way back in the mid-90s. I got an opportunity handed to me to start a training team for a, a travel company teaching people how to sell four or five-star vacations to Italy. And from there, you know, I, I learned the nuts and bolts of what learning development is, design, delivery, training needs analysis, all the classic stuff you'd expect. But I, I think... It was only later on in my career, leading up to 2010, that I realized that, well, you know, I'm helping organizations with a number of pretty much all of their learning and development issues, but from inside, from, from one company, the financial services industry. I spent 10 year, years working for a financial services industry company. But what inspired me was, well, I actually got quite bored. Hmm. And, and what that, I was doing a lot of training, a lot of leadership training, risk along the financial trade life cycle for finances, risk culture awareness. And then I said to myself, well, what if I could do this for all the banks? And, and that's what inspired me to go freelance. What keeps me going, which I think, Peter, is probably more the question you're asking me. Yeah. What keeps me going is two things. One is the personal interaction I have with people, helping people perform better, making their lives easier, helping take them to the next level with the training that we offer, and then also helping the organization move forward. So, so that inspires me. It's almost this interesting work and then we're moving towards something. That is really good. That's fantastic. How has your approach to leadership training changed since you first began? I think it's uh, something that's evolved over time, very slowly, in fact, until COVID hit and then it accelerated. Mm. But we've moved very much from task-focused, getting the work done and skills-based into much more around empathy, around emotional intelligence. So in the years that I've been doing this, I remember when emotional intelligence came out as a new, you know, it was the hot topic in leadership. Yeah, but it really isn't a hot topic. It, it's having a focus on how do you inter interconnect with others and getting more from them by helping them connect to purpose, helping the right level of autonomy. So it's all of the emotional factors are now way, way, way high. We never discussed those at the beginning. It was much more about, well, managers, we talked a lot about strategy, what strategy you should put in place, 
how to write processes, lead times, Gantt charts, all those wonderful things. Yeah. And now I don't even talk about that at all. It's all about how do you get your your group of people to feel that they are included and they're contributing. How do I get more critical thinkers in my team? It's, it's light years difference. And COVID has accelerated that for sure. Yeah, without a doubt. Do you think, and I'll use the term, the great resignation is being perhaps caused by some of this historical lack of focus on emotional intelligence? Yeah, some of it. Yeah, yeah, I, I'd, I'd go along with that. I think there's just more opportunity available to people now because before COVID, we'd like to say that we were a virtual, a remote world, a hybrid world. Oh, yeah, you can work from home. <laughs> but it was that was, I think, three years ago. That was nothing compared to what it is now. It's now yeah. people are proving you can do anything remotely 24-7. You don't need to all be in the same place. And some leaders are still very uncomfortable with that. They're worried about that. And I get their concerns. But yeah, the great resignation, I think, is more about people are seeing their options mm. available to them. There's more options. You know, I'm working and training in Singapore, Sydney, you name it, around the globe from my desk here and now it's acceptable before it was that was never even a thought no no we need someone in person face to face to talk about this and that's the thing right is that now we know what's possible people are realizing they can actually apply for jobs and you know you get more value out of it because of the great resignation companies are keener to hire people they're more prepared to put more benefits out there as well yeah, clearly that's going to introduce all sorts of new challenges for safety leaders. So what kind of things do you think specifically they'll be facing going forward in this post-COVID spread out hybrid professional world? Look, it's a flexibility. I think it's to be able to scenario plan and think, well, my people are remote now. So everything from internet safety, mm. the who sees the files, all that security, and then and then the processes you have in place as well. So, and what's healthy or not? So there's, there's, the, there's the work safety, but there's also the psychological safety, yeah? And it's, it is more difficult to relate virtually than it is face-to-face, -face. just by your body language and, and how you walk past someone's cubicle area or what, what have you, open, open office, creates psychological safety. Or you know someone's annoyed, you know someone's in a hurry, all of that has to be a bit more explained. So leaders, when it comes to their the safety, when you think about the psychological safety of it, they've got to hit a few points. And that is in their language around clarity, certainty, fairness. Am I being feel as though I'm being treated fairly when I can't see all my other colleagues? Yeah, and the level of autonomy, a lot of leaders haven't done so well is they've thought, well, I need to be safe. So therefore, I need to control it more. Mm. I need to have more touch points. I need to see more measurements. Actually, that creates a less psychological safety environment because there's too much control. And we're not letting the employee work at the right level of autonomy that we would have done if we could see, oh, I can see Peter across the, I can see he's in the office. Great. Fine. He doesn't even know I was even looking at him. Right. You know, so so there's there's quite a few pieces. What they need to work on I think is psychological safety. I've been working with a lot of my clients on the, using the SCARF model from David Rock's, the Neuro um, Leadership Institute, 
well documented. Anyone can look it up on Google, SCARF. And it gives you the areas, the employees, you need to work on for employees in order to create psychological safety. And if you think about like the top two or three things someone can focus on, because we like to give people things that can take actionable results on immediately, what are the top two things you would say someone should focus on when it comes to both physical and psychological safety in this new hybrid world? I think it's, it's to show that you trust them. Yeah, mm -hmm. you need to the trust. And uh, stay with me because this does lead into the safety piece. Yeah. Is that the way I'm talking to my employees, it should be more open and let them set the mood, set the what needs to be focused on, what challenges, be cool about it. Am I allowing someone to express themselves? So there's three things we should, you could start with to create more of a psychologically safe environment is to start by asking, you know, how are you, how are you doing? Mm. How are you doing? then how are you winning? You know, what's, what's been going well for you today? And it could be, well, I got out of bed and managed to get to my screen. Okay. <laughs> it, it tells you, it tells a manager a lot about the stress level someone's under. So then they can apply certain techniques to it, which I'll get to in a minute. And thirdly is how can I support you? That's all you really need to know. It keeps it broad, gives the control back to the employee I am not saying, well, can you give me an update on this project? What about that project? You know, I'm not micromanaging two tasks. I'm asking someone about how they're doing. And guess what? That will flow out of it. And if it doesn't, we, we can ask them a few more question, probing questions. Can you tell me how that impacted you? Can you explain to me, can you explain to me, you know, what's been going on in the day for you if they're not getting to the detail? Can you describe to me how you felt when you heard this piece of news? Tell me, describe to me, explain to me. All in the all in the language that a leader's using now. Mm. Because we can't do it with a much more than just having the video on, you know, it's not the same. It's not the same as physically, just your presence is calming. You know, you either have a calm presence or you don't. <laughs> you mm. can stress people out just by the way you walk up to their desk. But the biggest one is the C in the scarf model, which is certainty. It's just like letting people know what they can be certain of to reduce that level of psychological stress. Mm, yep. If you don't have certainty, you can offer clarity. And if you think about, if your listeners think about their organization, we don't know. Some of the things, change events are happening, a safety event has happened. We don't know for certain what we're going to do and the protocol we're going to put into place. But what we can say is, okay, until we've got that, I can clarify that we are not going to do anything with X. We're not going to go to this site. Why? For a physical risk. You know, we're only going to focus on this and we will talk about it next week. So someone can relax. Say, okay, great. I don't have to worry about that. I'm clear on when we're going to talk about it rather than certain of what we need to do steps. So it seems like it's really important for leaders to make no assumptions and over communicate to replace all those nonverbal signals that we used to have. And if you're sure. at all uncertain, just ask, hey, let's talk about this. Yeah, exactly. And, and they'll come up with how they want to be treated. And yeah. that's something we don't have a crystal ball. We make a lot of judgments, assumptions about what the other person needs. And they're all different. Yeah, It's a very personal thing. You don't know that unless you've over communicate. I like what you yeah. say that over communicate is is a is a good way to think of it, but don't over communicate details. Right. Over communicate on asking for the where they are, you know, where they are right now, the challenges they face, the support that they need. And uh, you know, there I've seen a lot of how we 
if we move from well, well, that's the tips, but it's much easier to look at what we shouldn't be doing. Yeah, because <laughs> it's so much easier to create an unsafe environment virtually. It's so easy. Yeah, and and I call that don't create unnecessary rules. Mm. Yeah, unnecessary rules, and and my clients are doing their best. They're really trying. The senior levels are are trying to bring people back to the office. There's some reason for that. I get it, and some unnecessary. But you know, if they're if they're saying, okay, we want everybody back in the office next week, we're going to work in the office Monday, Thursday, Wednesday. Everyone's got to take Tuesday or Wednesday remote. Oh, and by the way, all your meetings need to be on Monday, Thursday, Friday, because we're going to insist on those meetings being face to face. Yeah, you yeah. get where I'm going with this. Yeah. yeah. It's unnecessary rules, which create hits us on fairness. It certainly makes us certain of what we're doing, but in a very tactical way. It's the wrong type of certainty. And people go around, well, why, why, why do they want us not in on Why can't we take, you know, our, I was taking a remote day on Monday. What it is, you think I'm going to take a long weekend? Right. Is there a conspiracy theory? So <laughs> people create their own reality because it was unnecessary. It was, uh, it could just be, you just got to ask the managers, look, talk to your teams, what works best for your teams and what we need to, how, you know, we need to show for the client. Do we physically need to be there? Do we need to be working with other departments? Okay, great. What is that? What's the best day? You work it out. Yeah. That's the right level of autonomy. That's exactly right. It's a good point. It's if you're saying, hey, we're moving to a hybrid or a flexible schedule, and that's all it is, then you're just telling people where they need to work. It's not really hybrid or flexible. The true definition of hybrid and flexible is you can join that meeting from wherever you are in the world. And we're going to give you the right technology to do so because you're going yeah. to be most productive from wherever you're joining. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's proof is there. People can be productive. Yeah. In fact, they've got, they got, they're wasting, they're wasting less time because yeah. they don't have the commute. They can focus on this, you know, it's been a couple of years now. So people have worked out what their office structure at home looks like, wherever they need to be. You know, I do worry a little bit about, you know, the, 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 the blend between personal and work. It kind of, it's, it's almost come a live to work kind of feel. Mm, yep, yep. <laughs> and that's, that's not good for when you think about health issues, you know, and always being on is, and you get burnout more, mm -hmm. which is going to affect your human capital. And that, and that might be what you were talking about, Peter, earlier, might be what is influencing the, the great resignation. Could, yeah. it, you know, there's a lot of people just working, working, jumping to a bit of personal, jumping back to work. There's no boundaries. So that does need to be agreed upon when leaders need to maybe talk about, you know, the boundaries more than they would do in the office because you didn't, didn't have to in the office. People finish their work and then they've got the commute home. And then they're in a different world. Yeah. So I, I do feel that there is a potential for burnout with hybrid working. Yeah. But less less rules and letting people work out what works for them, definitely the way to go. Let me flip this around on you just a little bit. So we've been talking mm. a lot about how leaders can better engage with their people. But what about the leader themselves? How can they focus on letting go, <laughs> embracing this new <laughs> normal, right? That's a big problem. It is. There's some golden rules. I, I find that with all of this and and having the kind of mindset of like everything's figure outable you know you don't have to <laughs> like that you don't have to everything figure outable <laughs> i think marie forleo 
mean, Marie Forleo did that. She's a B2B inspirational person leader. So I didn't create that myself. Sure. But she's, you know, it's like everything's figure outable. People need to just say, okay, let's let's not worry about trying to create the perfect environment. Mm. I don't have to have all the answers. That's what we call an absolute fixed mindset. Yeah. I need to, I need to solve it. It's a it's a fixed data point. I give an answer, everything's gonna be fine. That's not how life works. We've we found that out through COVID, you know, last three years. So what I need to move to is a more curious mindset. I'm interested. How are you going about your work? Because, you know, and including people and and talking about asking them, you know, what is it that we should be focusing on? Gathering more information is is to be more open. And you find out so much more from people. You don't have to have all the answers, but you can be, you know, proactive and intentional about, well, let's, I'm curious. Let's find out. Let's see what we can do. What's the best way let's work together on this you're the expert you've got the certificate in it but that's no good if you don't know what the environment is like in front of you Mm -hmm. no that's great advice well in your opinion what are the most important qualities of great safety leaders in today's business world (laughs) i think in a in a nutshell you know bringing bringing everything together is that they are they're curious forward focused they are comfortable that they don't know everything and be very, very good at asking great questions. Don't feel as though, look, safety leaders often will come up with, they have their plan they need to implement in the business. Yeah, they've been asked to fix something if there's a risk. There's some people see them as auditors. Yeah, so detailed. So guess what? The business is going to push back. Mm. And, oh, you know, I'm trying to make some money here. They may not see you in the best light. So you should expect that people are going to say, no, we don't want to do that. Or, well, that will never work. Yeah. Yeah. Coming to a a good understanding with someone is not just giving them an answer. It's having a discussion because you need to understand where they're coming from. They need to understand where you're coming from. And the only way to do that is to have a discussion. Yeah. And the funny thing is you get pushed into a reactive state when someone says, well, who wrote this? You know, this is, we can never do that. Where am I going to get the human capital for that? You know, all of these things, we second guess ourselves, we can get defensive or we can over explain our position. Don't do any of that. Ask, I'm curious. Why do you say that? Yeah. I'm curious. What do you mean by, what do you mean by which steps are you looking at? You know, tell me, give me more information. It's like, try not to react be curious, ask a question about how they see your world, and it'll help you to then react in the right way. Oh, that's great advice. Well, before we wrap up, I, I would like to ask if you have any specific advice, best practices, or just lessons learned for our listeners. And it could be tips for younger folks in their careers who strive to one day be leaders or for those who have been in leadership roles for years, but find themselves just having to pivot based on the current landscape. What would you recommend? I think that in all of this, In this current landscape, I've spent my most time talking about how do we get people to stay, have adaptive calm, not just stay calm, but create this adaptive calm. And what I mean by that is that they they can see the situation unfold. Uncertainty is around us and that they'll spend, you know, they're not overreacting and they're not underreacting. They're in this space where they can calm and they can scenario plan, think about options and contribute, contribute your ideas to the business. So that's the first thing is, can you, are you over or underreacting as a leader? Whether you're new or you've been around forever, take a look at that. 
take a look at, well, am I catastrophizing all the time? <laughs> oh my God, it'll never work. <laughs> if you're saying stuff like that, you're not in the right place to help yourself, your employees, or the business. You need to, it's like a pendulum swing. Mm. Yeah. And the pendulum swings to the middle. And that's where, that's where the calm comes from. Okay, right now I can, what am I going to do about it? What's some ideas? Who do I need to talk to? That's where it's a magic zone that you need to be aiming for. I like that. That visual is fantastic. Anytime you're in a situation, picture the pendulum, know the right, know the left, and then say, I am going to come in and comment when I'm right in the middle. Exactly. Well, Michael, thank you so much for being on the show today. I really appreciate all the specific and actionable advice that you provided. And I know our audience will appreciate it as well. Great. Thank you, Peter. Thank you for having me. You bet. If anyone wants to know more about TTI or connect with you personally, how can they find you out there? Well, three places. One is you can just Google my last name, Teep. I'm the first thing that comes up is a rare last name. It's just the way it was. <laughs> and can you can you spell that for our, our listeners? Sorry, yeah, it's T-E-A-P-E, Teep. Perfect, yep. Yeah, I'm the first thing that comes up. I can't hide from you. And, <laughs> and my, website, my website is teeptraininginternational.com. And feel free to look me up on LinkedIn. You'll find me there. My handle's deep, Teep Training in, on LinkedIn as well. Love to connect. Want to hear your stories of leadership, what's really affecting you right now. So please do reach out. Excellent. Well, thanks again to Michael and all of our listeners for joining us on the Employee Safety Podcast. If you like what you heard, we'd love for you to subscribe to future episodes at Alert Media's website or on your favorite podcast player. We'd also appreciate you giving us a rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Have a safe week, everyone. Alert Media is changing the way your leaders and response teams connect and communicate effectively when seconds matter. We provide our customers with a comprehensive solution for monitoring threats around the world and deploying fast, effective emergency communication. You need a panic-proof solution for high-stakes moments. In just a few clicks, your team can send a multi-channel notification to an impacted group of people and confirm their safety immediately. When employee safety is at stake, don't just communicate. Connect and confirm with a robust emergency communication solution. Visit alertmedia.com for more information. You've been listening to the Employee Safety Podcast. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you're listening in Apple Podcasts, we'd love for you to give a quick rating of the show. Just tap the number of stars you think the podcast deserves. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.